0: Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation. I'm your host, Dr. Gigi Johnson. I met Connor Isley at Canadian Music Week in 2017 and was intrigued by both Combo Bravo, his company, or his partnership but also his way of looking at creativity and innovation, plus his sense of humor kind of rocks. This is an interesting session to listen to as we're talking about virtual reality, but we're talking about it in audio. So we'll try to describe what we're doing with this, but please go to our website to check out links to some of the great work, or search for the marvelous video they did for Jazz Cartier and other adventures in the world of Conor Isley.
1: Our first large-scale project uh, was in, we shot at the end of 2015, and it was for an artist called Jazz Cartier, and we did a uh, full two-song music video in uh, monoscopic 360.
0: Wait, 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 wait. what is monoscopic 360?
1: (laughs) So a 360 video uh, is what you would see on YouTube or Facebook, where you can pan around completely, and it can also be used in a virtual reality headset.
0: What makes it monoscopic?
1: That's sort of where people start to separate 360 video and virtual reality. Um, When you're in the headset, you can actually create two different videos, one for the left eye, one for the right eye. And it also comes down to the way you shoot things, and you can create a parallax between the eyes. So as objects become closer, they're slightly different in the left eye than the right eye. And that's what gives us the feeling of depth. So if you ever hold your hand in front of your eye and close your left eye or open your right eye, it'll seem to jump a little bit. And that's basically how our brain computes depth. So we now have the technology to shoot multiple cameras at the same time and get information similar to how the human eye see left and right in 360. And so we can create things specifically for a VR headset that are in stereoscopic 360 that have an added layer of depth to it.
0: How the heck did you get into all of this?
1: Uh, When I was in uh, film school, you know, I worked in a lot of the post-production sort of streams. I worked in a lot of sound, a lot of editing. And I was working uh, freelance uh, straight out of college. And I ended up working for, you know, a variety of different agencies and uh, post-houses. And I was working for a company called Secret Location. And uh, I was doing a lot of editing for them. And one day they said, hey, do you want to learn to do uh you know vr post-production and i was like oh of course (laughs) and uh pretty much as soon as as soon as i started getting into that i was like oh this is amazing and brought it back to my uh, roommate and now business partner john riera and we we immediately said you know this is this is where we should definitely spend a lot of time and energy and try to get the jump on this and in the following i guess two months we bought a camera we started shooting things on spec just going out and you know, trying to use what networks we had to get into some uh, interesting places. And shortly after that, um, yeah, we got a much-fact uh, government grant to do a Descartes video, who John had already done, I believe, two videos for it, music videos for at the time. And uh, once we once we got into production for that music video, we spent about three months just testing every potential setup we wanted to do so we were attaching it to a car we were attaching it to a drone we had a team who built a specific mount so it could fly on a drone and it was just weeks and weeks of you know finding all these minuscule problems that you know at some points you start to think you know maybe i'm the first person to have to solve this specific odd problem that i've created sort of trying to approach this and from there, it just sort of kept spiraling. And yeah, in November, we were in Uganda shooting with UNICEF. Uh, I was in China for two weeks. December, shooting a, a GE wind farm. And it just went went from there.
0: Uh, we met at Canadian Music Week, and you do have a bit of a Canadian lilt to your voice. How?
1: how I've never but, been told that before. Actually, That you have that's,
0: a Canadian lilt. Uh, <laughs> Where are you based out of and how does that work with your work? You'd comment on a government grant, which indicates you may not be, of course, in the U.S. because we don't tend to be prolific (laughs) with technology creative grants.
1: Yeah, we are based out of Toronto, Canada. Canada has or had a great music video grant system called MuchFact, which has actually just been announced that it may be canceled in the very near future, which is super unfortunate. Because it's sort of an amazing system where if you have a musical artist, you can put together a treatment and really anyone can apply for, there's like three different funding tiers ranging from five to about $50,000, depending on the artist and what you're trying to create. But uh, that fund alone has launched, you know, some of the most prolific Canadian you know, audiovisual artists working in the field today. It's launched countless cinematographers, editors, directors, producers, companies have been completely built on on that grant system. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of an interesting time right now, seeing that, that may uh, that may be going.
0: So you've been able to not just get involved in innovative ways to capture music, you've been able to find systems to help you out and seemingly finding people globally who would like to engage with your work.
1: Yeah, what's been so great is 90% of our jobs have come from word of mouth. And especially, I think we got in at the perfect time into the 360 virtual reality space because uh, we were able to, you know, just from that first music video we did, we were able to show the tests of one of the setups we did to another agency, which then got us to Uganda to shoot UNICEF. And so it was You know, in that first six months, we actually hadn't released a 360 video publicly, but we had already done a music video, an international documentary, and a commercial that were all still just in the process, not even released yet. So it was kind of just, you know, once the snowball got rolling, it was uh, was out of control.
0: You have really made innovation happen in a short order with some interesting partners. This podcast is about innovation. What is innovation to you?
1: I think innovation is creating fearlessly. Especially when we started out in the 360 space, uh, we really tried not to limit ourselves. What the tech could do, it was trying to think of scenarios that, you know, if you can create a world around yourself for this specific artist, specifically for that music video, what would it look like? And if you were going to say, see a car chase between, you know, this rapper and the police, where would be the best seat in the house? So I think innovation for us has always been how can we create the most amazing scenario and then make the tech work for that. And obviously there are times where you have to compromise and you have to pull things back, but the most rewarding and fun way to work is when, you know, you're creating as purely as possible.
0: So with the Jazz Cartier video, you have a really nice making of video that you can also find on YouTube about it. And it tells some of the story of how you thought about the innovation process, but what were your kind of innovation process thoughts with that video and thinking about it in a sort of music and personality environment?
1: Um, I think that Especially with music video, you're ultimately serving the artist uh, and you know their piece of music, so you have to keep that in mind. And throughout all the setups of that video, it was how can we best represent the song and the feeling and the emotion that that's trying to be conveyed. In the second track in that video, uh, "A Hundred Roses," we really tried to take the idea of When jazz performs live, it's, you know, one of the most amazing rap shows you'll ever see because it feels more like a punk show almost. But, you know, at points, jazz will be out physically walking on the crowd and they'll be holding them up by the feet and they'll be stage diving all while performing. So it was really trying to take that energy into a more intimate space. So... In that final performance, we have seven different versions of jazz completely surrounding you in the environment, and he's performing to you, and you're really getting to see that sort of raw energy um, in every single direction.
0: But not, but, but trying to, in many ways, amplify reality and not just replicate it.
1: Yeah, I think that what's so great about 360 and VR, especially, you know, the ideal way to watch it is in a headset because you're getting you know, the actual you know, feeling of being there. And what's so special is right now, I think it's very hard to get someone's full attention. I think when you put a video on YouTube, you know, someone will watch it, but maybe they're also looking at their phone or maybe they have a second window on their screen that they're also scrolling Facebook. When you put somebody in a VR headset, they have to be watching what you're showing them. It's full undivided attention. So it's really trying to earn that attention as much as you can and, you know, really, really pay pay that off.
0: So is it just the technology that is driving innovation? You, yeah. You're almost framing it the other way around, that it's looking at creating what you're experiencing and then putting the tech to it. Would you be heading the same types of directions without VR and 360 or what is it kind of intertwined?
1: um i think we approach it both ways i think that was also that was the first project that we had taken on so we definitely were a little bit more fearless in just how far we could push things i think now we definitely understand where certain limits are that are set and now it's creating creating as much as we can knowing that and utilizing even where the shortcomings of the tech is and how to utilize that and make it a strength not a weakness
0: Like an example there.
1: um, I think for us it's a lot of what it comes down to now is it's choosing what emerging technologies to go with. In the last year there's been a lot of different uh, virtual reality and 360 cameras that have come out and approaches by different people and it's very easy to get caught up in trying to be on the very front runner of that kind of tech. But I think where we try to stand is understanding how to create the best content with the best practices, but not necessarily have to constantly be investing and testing and trying to be the first one out of the gate to have every single new toy, but rather having the knowledge on how to really entertain someone in that area or really tell a story in that, in that space.
0: What are the challenges of being an innovator? And it sounds like one of the benefits is that you are connecting with other people and resources and tools. What are the challenges of trying to do something unique and different and um, creating fearlessly as you frame innovation?
1: I mean, at times it's just exhausting. (laughs) Um, There's just an incredible amount of work and diligence that you need to do as a creator to get to the point where you can actually bring in other artists or brands or clients, you know, to really get to a point where you can offer services that are so new with brand new cutting edge technology, it's so important that you go out being comfortable with that piece of gear, comfortable knowing how it's going to work in post-production, how it's going to be displayed, how it's going to be distributed. It just requires an incredible amount of understanding of technology that's changing minute by minute. We've had jobs where we've you know, had to pivot in post-production because a whole new feature on you know, YouTube 360 has come out or in a way that we're going to show it or a new plugin has come out that's going to totally make it easier and better on how we're planning to uh, finish and put out a piece of content so it's just constantly you kind of have to constantly be able to pivot and understand and use emerging tech and then also just be prepared for that but that can also be expensive at times it can be tiring at times it can take way more work than you thought at times so there's definitely you know there's there def, there's definitely a blood sweat and tears tax that comes with uh, that comes with that innovation
0: Is it different in innovating with content that pertains to music than in other sectors because you definitely create across a wide
1: I think what's cool about music in this creative space is that it lends itself to a lot more abstract approaches. There's a lot of times where we'll be doing something more commercial where it's more about recreating, you know, a beautiful beach in Jamaica as realistically as you can to sell that idea of relaxation. Where, say, even the Jazz Cardi video, it was more, how can we enhance this environment with somewhat supernatural elements and put a big purple storm in the distance? Or I think you just strip away the necessity of being completely realistic and it allows you into a much more a much more abstract space
0: sort of permission to be a a preconception that you can be abstract
1: yeah I think it just right off the bat it allows you to make something that's you know a little bit a little bit different a little bit left of center that doesn't necessarily require every single thing to be as exact as it would be in real life
0: is there also expectation that people can come back multiple times like they would with a song and see different things? Because I realize just in looking at at that um jazz cartier video, I'm still going to go back and sort of figure out why is that woman lying limp on the ground at the beginning and what <laughs> why is that woman lying like a dead person on the ground
1: in the early part <laughs> uh i don't I don't remember the exact artistic direction at that point um <laughs> But the concept
0: of an Easter egg, right? So you can go back and see things or, or just notice things differently and creating a surreal versus realistic environment.
1: For sure. I mean, if you watch Jazz throughout that video, if you follow, if you follow him across a room in the next shot, he'll start in that exact spot where he ended. So the idea was on that one is we wanted to make people look in every sector of the 360 arena that we're creating. There's some videos that we don't like where we see people just having something essentially straight in front of a 360 camera. And you have the ability to look around, but there's nothing, it's not being utilized at all. So with that, um, with that video in particular, it was we're gonna make people look everywhere and we're gonna put things everywhere. We're putting storms in the sky above. We're putting um, a car chase through a drone shot below. We're doing a car crash. I think you just have to you have to use as much of that, that tool as you can or else like the worst thing you can do is at the end of the shoot go, Oh, this would have been cooler in sixteen by nine if I just shot it with a regular camera.
0: And yet you have some really rich history of creating great things with a regular camera. Is is VR in some ways though, because the technology is here to do it, and yet you're going beyond that in, in looking at um all the other technologies that you're playing into volumetric scanning other other types of immersive media so is it the tech or are other things pushing innovation and the need for sort of creating the next generation video
1: i think for us it's we we just get excited when we see something that we've never seen before And I think that was the original, you know, when I first started getting into VR and 360, I would, you know, wake up at two in the morning thinking about, oh, what if we did this or what if we did this and making notes in my phone. And it, it was just an obsession right off the bat because especially when you've been trained on how to use, you know, the tools that you're given and then you see something that uses those same tools for an entirely, an entirely different way. I think you immediately go, oh, I kind of know how to do that, and it's just going to take learning these few other sort of techniques. That's that's something really special that you don't get very often.
0: So what's been your biggest surprise? Biggest surprise in innovating with VR tech, with creating in this space, with sort of thinking through all of this and creating through it. What's been your biggest surprise?
1: The biggest surprise would probably be just... The sheer amount of places that I've gone with it that I would have never thought I would have gotten the chance to go to. I mean, we've gone to Africa twice now. Um, Second time was in Ethiopia. We went to one of the largest refugee camps in the world. Um, I shot the world's largest heavy metal festival in Germany for a week. Um, China, all over the place in China. Um, The Caribbean... Uh, Jamaica, Trinidad, Paris. Um, It's just, you know, it's it's been a totally surprising way to see the world that I would have never imagined.
0: What do you see coming up the pike in terms of innovations that are coming? You talked a little bit about volumetric scanning. What's coming up the pike that are things to think about that will enhance your work in world or that other people might want to play
1: with? I think that some of the most exciting things on our end is just the actual headsets and screens and computers that are actually showing this work becoming better and better. You can shoot at you know a super high resolution uh, in camera, but to actually put it in a headset, you end up compressing it to a much smaller size. So, as headsets and the screens inside of them become better and better and better, that's just going to make the work look better. It's going to sell the feeling of immersion better. Um, immersive audio becomes better. It's just—it's. I think we're still very much in the early days of what cinematic virtual reality can be. And so, I think a lot of these, a lot of these tools that we use, especially to display and distribute these works are just going to keep getting better and better.
0: Now, you mentioned immersive audio. What do you mean by immersive audio?
1: Um, So, again, when you're using the headset, and someone on YouTube 360, but especially with the headset, you can uh, incorporate head-tracked audio and uh, ambisonic audio, where as you're looking around, say someone uh, walks by you and says something to you, you can make it, So that sound is always coming from that direction. So even if you're looking behind you, now that person sounds like they're behind you. If you're looking at them, it sounds like they're in front of you. So you can now create it. So as well as, you know, the world moving as you look around, all those sounds are now glued to that world. So instead of just hearing, you know, a static stereo mix in your headphones, it actually sounds like you move your head around. Say you're on the street and, you know, you're looking at a road, you hear the cars go by. If you turn, that sound is now coming more in your left ear than your right ear. So it's it's another full level of immersion that helps, helps us tell those stories.
0: I've had a little bit of fun at VRLA. They had a workshop on, on editing spatial audio, so sort of thinking about how to use old tools and new tools. Are there tools coming up the road that to help out with some of this? And Other than the cameras, I know that you, you spend a lot of energy stitching and looking at, at different technologies of stitching images are there things that will make it easier or that need to be around to make the creation side easier
1: in sorry, audio or video
0: either way?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we, we work a lot more with video than audio. Um, we use a fantastic company post office sound here in Toronto. Uh, they're very much on the leading edge of immersive audio. So we always sort of work with them on, you know, making the actual sound, uh, come through as amazing as possible. On the visual side, it's, um, it's, let me now think of what I'm saying here.
0: Any, any wish lists of things that you wish were around or that would other that save you energy, time, visualization, or just make it a more magical experience?
1: Yeah, as far as video innovation, I think that in the next few years we'll be very much closer to cameras that will require far, far less post-production and produce a much uh, higher-resolution image with better dynamic range, um, that cause less motion sickness, that are just a better representation of the actual image. Right now, a lot of a lot of cameras on the market are still taking other existing cinema cameras and combining them and then having to combine those multiple images seamlessly in post-production which just takes forever and is costly and requires high-end hardware Um, so I think we're definitely looking forward to eventually seeing purpose-built cameras which are starting to come out now and have have come a long way in the last year but I think especially you know in 2017-2018 we're going to start seeing just more and more cameras that are built to just take away that whole middle step for creators. The whole idea is that, you know, right now, if you want to shoot just a regular 16 by 9 product, you can get a camera, you can go out, and you can tell a story. And I think the goal eventually is to get it to be the same way with 360 and VR, where, you know, storytellers don't have to understand stitching, and they don't have to understand these multiple levels, where it's just making the technology more accessible.
0: So... I have interesting conversations with people about VR and music, and there is so much going on, but your average person doesn't seem to know there's so much going on. When I talk to people about, well, there's some really great examples, and people will bring up Jess Cartier, your wonderful work there, and they'll bring up the Bjork work, and I've seen a few other interesting things that are getting visibility now. Other than your own work, whose work are you excited about and can you point to great examples if someone wants to see where things are going in especially music and VR, but, but great VR? Uh,
1: uh, Felix and Paul from uh, Montreal, Canada. They're doing some just... They do some of, the, I think, the best-looking VR um, as well as some of the best uh, stereoscopic work. Um, yeah, everything they make is always great. They do a lot of Cirque du Soleil things. They just had something come out And I think they did um, uh, the People's House, which is a White House tour with uh, Barack Obama, uh, which was a whole experience they just built. So, yeah, I think they're uh, definitely some of the leaders as far as what cinematic VR standards can be. And they're Canadian, which is great.
0: Anybody else that you really admire in their work? I, I tend to think of Chris Milk's work, which I really love. And I've been mm-hmm. able to enjoy some of his pieces. Uh, anybody else on the music side?
1: Well, first off, Chris Milk is like, you know, the OG. <laughs> I, I, did, I literally didn't even think I needed to mention Chris Milk because, you know, he's yeah, he was the original. Um, Music-wise, I really liked the piece that uh, Gorillas did. They just did a fully animated 360 video that I thought was super well done. Um, not only from the actual animation side, but just concept and art direction and execution. Yeah, I thought that was a great piece.
0: Well, we've covered a lot of ground here, and you've done a lot of great work and uh, creating Fearlessly already. Anything that you'd like to have as last thoughts here as we wrap up?
1: I think what we're excited for moving forward is to definitely do more work in the creative space as well as the narrative space in VR. I think a lot of people are still trying to sort of crack crack what it is to make good narrative VR and figure out how to tell those stories and how to utilize those tools. And so I think that's a very exciting space that um, people are going to start exploring. And I think what's also going to be interesting is seeing how distribution and places to find those works are going to start emerging. Because I think right now what needs to happen is we'll eventually need to get a Netflix-style service where you're paying a monthly premium and they're doing a curated list of works. I find the biggest problem with 316VR right now is there's a flood of things all sort of in the same boat where it's hard to find you know things that had a hundred thousand dollar budget and things that was somebody shooting in their backyard so I think that as we move forward and more and more real content creators are putting out work and having that recognized and being able to find those easier as well as you know people coming out with better and better narrative works I think just the whole industry is you know constantly moving forward together and I think that especially the distribution part needs to catch up right now.
0: Connor, it's been great talking with you, and I'm very excited to see all the continuing work that you are doing, and thank you very much for joining us.
1: Gigi, thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Great.
0: Well, that wraps up this podcast. Many thanks to the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation for being our hosts of this ongoing series. You can subscribe to us in all the usual places, or you can come find us at innovation.schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. Join us again to follow the other adventures that we will be tracking down in innovating music. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.